Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. All right, Bobby, I, I got to give you a compliment on this piece. Um, this this had a lot of heart. It, it like brought a tear. I was reading uh-huh. this piece and I felt, I just felt like surprisingly touched by this story about this this church that we're visiting on uh, 728 East Juno Avenue. So that's like Juno and Cass in downtown Milwaukee. Yep, yep. The Summerfield United Methodist Church. Yeah, and I wrote this, I sort of wrote this all in one go in the morning. I got up in the morning, I just started typing and the whole thing was done and I was like, I'm not sure if this is good or if this is terrible. (laughs) So I sent it to my coworker, Molly, and said, can you please read this and tell me if this is good or terrible? What did she say? She said, are you kidding me? This is great. So I was (laughs) like, all right, okay. And it really tells a story about a church, of course, and its mission and and what it's done for a community over over its life. But a lot more than that, it it kind of tells a story of a lot of churches like it that are up against really tough odds. Um, A lot of them are in debt. Um, A lot of them are facing, you know, um, deferred maintenance and and challenges with their buildings. And they were designed in in this different era and are kind of, um, you know, in a lot of ways up against it. Yeah, and I have to say more churches that I visit in Milwaukee are in this position than not. You know, that you go in there and you see the water damage, you see the windows starting to bow, you see, you know what I mean? You see all this work that needs to happen. But the problem was the church was built you know, turn of the 20th century or whatever, right. around 19, that time, 19, late 18, right. This one is 1904, but right, yeah. you know, late 19th century, early 20th century when congregations were huge. And so they had right. all kinds of money mm-hmm. and that's not the case. Now you go to some of these and I've been to ones where they say, Oh yeah, we get really good turnout on Sunday. We get, sometimes we get 40 people. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, well, you 40 a, people cannot right. support the, no matter how much money they're throwing in the basket, <laughs> there's no way that that's going to support keeping these buildings afloat. Plus, keeping their missions going, which in this case is something that they have really focused on doing and have done well. Well, then you throw COVID into the mix, too. A lot of these congregations have seen attendance really dwindle during the pandemic, of course. So that was just like a whole other layer of of challenge here. Uh, but you mentioned the mission that's that's ongoing here at Summerfield United Methodist. Feeding the hungry is a huge part of their work and something that they really didn't stop doing. No, they apparently did not miss a day. They, they, every day that they do this, they have these people, they come, they line up outside, they give them lunches and food and they have clothes for them. If they need a jacket, they have clothes that they can give them. Um, and they have really focused their energy on this mission and it's all volunteers except for like the pastor is the only person who's paid. Um, and so while the church kind of suffers around them because I mean, what are they going to do about it? There's, you know, they just don't have the money to deal with it. They're focused, you know, their eyes are sort of on the prize, which is helping people, which is really what they see their mission as, more than taking care of a building. And the building, I mean, we, we got to talk about some of the, the highlights here. I mean, some incredible stained glass that still exists, um, like a really intricate dome inside the, the main um, church space. Oh, my God, I had no idea. I, I mean, it's a pretty church from the outside, nice Gothic church. Um, but I went inside and I went in the sanctuary and there is this incredible elongated dome, almost like an atrium kind of skylight. Um, and it's the, the most beautiful um, arts and crafts stained glass. And it's got this beautiful woodwork around it. It's unlike anything I've seen at any other church in Milwaukee and maybe anywhere. So I was just, I was completely taken aback. And then they have a really beautiful stained glass window. Um, they have a stained glass window that actually 
I don't think it still does, but used to open so that when they had overflow attendance on Sundays, which is something they couldn't even imagine now, um, they could open up a room on the side and people could still see and hear through this window that would open um, internally into this other room. Just so really unique, unique building. And we're going to continue our conversation next on Urban Spelunking. Do you remember the last time you fell down a musical rabbit hole? You heard a great song that led you to a great album, which led you to falling in love with a new artist, which introduced you to a whole new genre of music. Just like you, our DJ's curiosity for music never stops. That's why you listen to Radio Milwaukee, and it's a great reason to give. Support your home for music discovery at radiomilwaukee.org slash donate. We're back at Summerfield United Methodist Church. This is at 728 East Juno Avenue, downtown Milwaukee. 1904, let's start there with the Chicago architect Trumbull and Jones. Yeah, it's interesting because as far as I know, they didn't do anything else in Milwaukee. So this is sort of unique from that standpoint. Um, But the history of the church goes back to really like the 1830s. I mean, with the first Methodist church, which then sort of, you know, the congregations kind of as they grew in other parts of the city were settled. They sort of opened up these other churches. And this is one of the ones that grew out of that original Methodist church. And by 1904, I mean, they had a congregation um, that had the wherewithal and the means to, to hire this Chicago firm to build this giant and beautiful church, you know, on, on what was, you know, kind of just out of the heart of downtown, but still part of the original Juno town. Well, describe the look of the church from the outside. Um, it is, I mean, there's a picture in the story, of course, that that shows um, a lot of spires and um, what, what, I guess, what style of architecture are we talking here? It's Gothic. And on the, you know, on the left side of the front, there's a tower that's not super tall, but it's sort of imposing. Um, and then next to that is the big sort of uh, curvilinear triangle, I guess you'd call it. Curvilinear, um, yes. Of a sort of a rose window, and then on the other, and then on the side of the building, on the Cast Street side, there's another big one, uh, big window like that. And then uh, we talked in the earlier about the window that opened into that other room that used to be an exterior window. So it had these three big um, stained glass windows on three of the sides, and then it had that just stunning skylight at the top, which is really just you walk in and it's it's really just like I said, my jaw dropped. It was so beautiful. And I mean, yeah, so just from the outside, beautiful, but inside we mentioned that stained glass. Um, anything else from the inside that really stands out? They have, um, it's interesting because they have these original stained glass medallions from when the church was down the street. Oh, yeah. There's a previous building uh, in the neighborhood a couple blocks away that had these round stained glass windows, and I think there were 14 of them. And that when they sold that building, they took those with them, and they still have those. Those are inside the church, just hanging. And those are so vibrant blue. Is that the original color from the 1850s? Yeah, yeah, they're just hanging there in the room. And that I took a picture of that one because it was backlit, so it looked really, I mean, you could see the light coming in behind it, so it gave it, the other ones hung just sort of flush against the wall, so they didn't look quite as vibrant. But you know from seeing that one that if you could put light behind those other ones, they would probably look just as good. Yeah, that's incredible that, it, that it, I mean, 1850s. Wow. Yeah. It's, so the the image is like um, for uh, the sacrament, I'd imagine, right? So it's mm-hmm. um, the cup and the grapes and the wheat um, and on this really vibrant bright blue background with a like, super gold communion cup, which is yeah, stunning. It's, it's really stunning. And and we know from the fact that they're, you know, the, 
their funds are what they are, that they did not spend a lot of money cleaning that or anything. That's just the, that's the way it just is. So all this beauty, I mean, you got you got to see the whole church um, up and down. Um, mm-hmm. The pastor showed you around. But then you went into the other kind of, was it the basement, the other part of the mission that they <laughs> that yeah. the pastor said was a little bit less churchy? Yeah, which, you know, and I even said to her, I said, when she showed me around, I'm like, no, this is, this is the most churchy part, right? I mean, <laughs> right. you know, the other Worst part is mission, a building yeah. and it's beautiful and it's lovely architecture and all that. But, I mean, a church isn't a building, right? I mean, a church is what they're doing there. It's, you know, volunteering and helping people in need and they're, they're doing it all the time. And even with COVID going on, they were doing it. They were just distancing, wearing masks and cause they figured at that point people needed it more than ever. Um, You're talking about the meals. And yeah. The, the meals the and, the, and, and the clothing and, and they, everything they do is from donations and they're down there. They have a kitchen. They're down there cooking meals. The day I was there, they had made shepherd's pie. So it's not like they're just like throwing together cheese sandwiches and say, calling it a day. They're actually, they're cooking food for these yeah. people. So they, they really want to do this and they care about what they're doing and, and how they're doing it. So I think to me, that is in fact, the churchiest part of the church. You said that a lot of like just neighbors help support this and people from the community, even passersby. When, yeah, she right? told me that one day that um, there were guys working on the street, some guys from the city or something doing some sort of work out in the middle of Juno Avenue. And um, they saw the people lining up and one of them came over and said, what's going on? And she said, oh, well, you have a meal program. We feed people. And so the person went back and like collected a bunch of money from his coworkers and they walked back over and handed him like a hundred bucks or something wow. in donation. So, I, I mean, it's... That's they don't get any like they're not uh, they don't get stuff from like hunger task force and these these sorts of places. It's literally people walking over and handing them a hundred dollars. You know, it's it's pretty amazing. But Pastor Lynn was was honest about some of the challenges, of course, that that the congregation faces uh, not only financially but also volunteers. I mean, it, it takes mm-hmm. people to run that kitchen and and to do the mission of the food and uh, right. just even just the people power is, is dwindling. Yeah. And I was taken aback. We were standing in the church when she said to me, um, if we could sell it to a developer who would just give us a little corner in a new building, we'd be, we'd do it. And, and I was just like, that was like such a, um, that was such a like politically incorrect historical, like preservation architecture kind of right. statement to make, but it's the reality, right? I mean, it's, she's in a position where she's trying to, she said with a sh- with a shrug. Yeah, right? she wasn't happy. I mean, she didn't sound she didn't say that she wanted to do that. Yeah. But I mean, she just said that the reality of their situation is if somebody came to them and said, "We want this plot of land and we'll build a building and we'll give you a space in it." They would seriously consider doing it because they there's no way that with the money that's coming in, I mean, they have to fix the roof alone just to fix, you know, water damage. Um it's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars just to fix the roof, not even to replace the roof, which is really what should probably happen. Um, it's just the the costs are are just astonishing to think about. And they're not going down. They're I mean, not going to go down, especially <laughs> right. with um, with you know the the roof and water damage and mm-hmm. all the decorative plaster and stuff like that that was used in the construction, right? It's right, all, and all that stuff inside it doesn't pay to fix any of it if the water's still coming in, right? So I mean, that's the roof has got to be the first step. And, you know, I mean, they're trying, but, you know, the odds of the money just sort of raining out of the sky seems unlikely. 
Well, I got to say, Bobby, when I when you sent me this story, and I, I thought, oh, you know, this is an interesting story about it. You know, a church that's historic and yeah. stained glass. That's nice. I you fooled know? you. See, yeah, you but thought it just... was just going to be another one of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful story, but I mean, again, here we are talking about like so much, so much more, so much, so much that we can learn about the city through this. Yeah. One church's story, and I think that's what that's what this piece is all about, and that's what Urban Spelunking is all about. And it's just, I, I just, yeah, it was like a gut punch when you when I got to that moment about the future, and and it is uncertain. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, you know, as as heartbreaking to me as the story of the building itself is, I like it's so tempered by the beauty of the work that they do there every week. You know, helping people out, um, just to me is the is the most beautiful part of the story. And you got to see the you got to see the the photos from inside. This stained oh, glass yeah. we talked about is incredible. We've got a link in the description box of the of the player that you're using right now. So anywhere you're listening to us, click the info box and get a link right to on Milwaukee to find Bobby's complete piece. Podcasts here on 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. We ask that you take a moment and, and rate and subscribe to the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. And we've got new episodes of Urban Spelunkin coming out every Tuesday from 88.9 and on Milwaukee. And hey, if you got a couple million dollars, um, I know a church. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Uh, <laughs> no, right. Um, you know a church. And- I'm saying that half tongue in cheek, but there might be somebody out there. You never know. Well, I mean, find, never find, know. find the story. We've got the link at, at uh, right in the description box and also at RadioMilwaukee.org. Okay, so Bobby, we are here at the end of the story. You made it this far. We've got some really good Milwaukee trivia about this particular church. 1919, in the Fellowship Hall in the basement, where they actually put together those meals nowadays and, and give them to people in need, was where Goodwill of Southeastern Wisconsin was born. What? Yep. Uh, how did you find that out? Did you know that she going told in? The, no, the pastor told me, and then um, I went to the Goodwill website uh, and looked up their history, and sure as heck, it says 1919, we were founded in the uh, Summerfield Methodist Church. It all checks out. There it you go. It all checks out. All right, there's your trivia here at the end. Thanks for making it. And please do rate and review the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. All right, next week, Bobby, where are we heading? We are going to a church of a different kind, <laughs> a former Schlitz Tide house that <laughs> most people probably remember as Trocadero. Yes. Uh, but then was Demota Pizza and is now going to be a new uh, Mexican-Italian fusion restaurant, um, which the place has a really long history and, of course, interesting bits that, that people might not know about. All right. We'll see you there next Tuesday. Subscribe at RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcasts.